Welcome into episode 43 of the Level Flight Podcast. My name is Connor Rabchak. Today I'm going to be joined by Brian Finlayson as well. And on today's episode, we are discussing Blake Wheeler's best moments as a Winnipeg Jet. You'll hear us at the start talking that we don't know what episode this is. That's because we recorded this about a month ago, um, just in case of a week where we didn't have anything. And the week has come where we don't have any content for you guys, so we're going to use the Blake Wheeler's Best Moments episode. Um, training camp is about a month away, a month and a bit. We're really looking forward to that. But in the meantime, here is episode 43, Blake Wheeler's Best Moments with the Winnipeg Jets. Enjoy. This is Danny Julkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. into episode we're not sure of the level we have of no podcast um i've got brian here with me um oh. we're gonna do we're gonna cover a multitude of things today but we just want to update people that you know there's kind of a lull in the nhl offseason right now nothing's really happening except for tony d'angelo being bought out so what we want to do is you know we're getting busier in the summer we want to film and record some things that are kind of timeless um, so today, for example, we're going to do Blake Wheeler's best moments with the Jets. That is something that won't change over the next three weeks, um, unless he miraculously gets traded back or something <laughs> wild happens. Um, but what we're going to try and do is film a, a few things that are you know, timeless, can be posted over the next three, four weeks. And in the meantime, we're going to try and get some interviews as well um, to, to add on to the back half of these episodes, because... You can only talk about Blake Wheeler's best moments for for so long, right? So yeah, Brian, how are you doing? <laughs> should have Good. should have uh, introduced you. <laughs> no, no, I uh, I I think the people need to know why we have no clue what episode it is. So yeah, um, no, uh, but no, I'm doing I'm doing all right. Uh, actually, had some time to record today, so it was kind of nice. It's just a shame that we couldn't have Elliot join us because yeah, it seems like a rarity that. Uh, I honestly don't remember the last time all three of us were available for a full episode. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, I I popped in a couple times. I was I wasn't there for the dev camp talk. I had the lake I'm chat. Like, so I'm it's been lake. at least yeah. a month, I think, since all of us have been on a full episode together. So yeah. one day we'll get back to that. One day, once once school gets going and the season starts and training camp record that, on campus. Maybe. Oh yeah, we can throw it back uh, in the studio. That would be. <laughs> That would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's get into it. I mean, we wanted to talk about Blake Wheeler's best moments with the Jets. Obviously, he was bought out a week ago, week and a half ago, two weeks ago, um, and signed with the New York Rangers. But the greatest Jet since they came back, I don't think that's too far-fetched to say. I mean, definitely the best like career. Um, you can argue that the peak of his talent isn't as high as the peak of, say, a Connor Hellebuck or... Um, whoever else you want to put in that conversation. I think Hellebuck's the only one, but you can't deny the legacy. I mean, he's closing in on, on a thousand points. I think he's at 922 or something. I looked last night. Um, and a lot of those came with the Jets. 
I mean, before yeah. that, obviously not, but a lot of it did come with the Jets, uh, top line player for a long, long time. So let let's get into it, Brian. I'll throw it to you first. Give you a a, a softball. Get the first pick unofficially. We're not doing a draft, but what what is what moment stands out to you? Um. I mean, there's a lot that come to mind right off the bat. Like, he's had a lot of memorable moments here. Um, I actually, I was looking at some stuff beforehand, and something actually that uh, jumped out to me, and I'm more so going back, because I think this may have been first or second season. Um, It was Jets-Oilers, back when the Oilers were still, it was pre-McDavid Oilers. So they weren't Um, good. They were not good. Their goaltender was Victor Faust. Oof. Uh, Wheeler, it was one of the first times he had really done it where he did the full slow up, uh, shootout move. Uh, I'm pretty sure he tore both of Victor Faust's ACLs with a move, <laughs> uh, and scored, and it, it, that won the shootout. Um, yeah. that to me, uh, I feel like he had that moment there to, you know, sort of stand out and that happened fairly early uh and it was nice to see too also because i know there's a lot of people who do not like the oilers in this fan base so and at that point they were still you know thriving off the fact that they sucked um yeah but no i i that that's a for me uh, a good one to kick it off because it shows like he had a lot of talent but also the theatrics were sometimes there absolutely i mean that's a moment i don't even remember like if i searched it up i'd probably be like oh yeah but that just speaks to how many like moments there were. Um, obviously, at the time, I was, what, you said it was 2012? I was 10 years old. So, <laughs> no surprise, I don't remember. But that's how far, that's how long he's been a Jet. To, yeah. to say, the, like, to put it in perspective. Um, I'm going to go to a more recent moment, until we get into, like, the, the obvious ones. Um, this one was pretty legit. I mean, against the Kraken this past year, he had 299 goals. The Jets were down one. Um, they were on the power play. I think they pulled the goalie. And Blake Wheeler jammed in a greasy goal with four seconds left to tie it uh, for his 300th career goal. And then the Jets went on to win that game in Seattle on a second night of a back-to-back. Um, yeah. That was when you know Wheeler was at kind of the peak of this past season where everyone was saying you know the pressure was off. He's not the captain anymore. Um, he looks rejuvenated. All those things were were thrown around, and you couldn't really argue with that. He he was looking a little bit better until the injury that knocked him out. But that was, I mean, scoring your 300th career goal and having it like tie a game late, um, and then your team comes back and wins. That's pretty pretty legit. I mean, it doesn't really stack up with the moments we're gonna get into eventually. Yeah in this episode but it's one that's notable because 300 career goals for a pass first guy that's pretty impressive <laughs> yeah um, and it was, it's your kraken brian yeah it's like i mean <laughs> i i loved it it was great yeah fair enough um i uh i think a good one here you're gonna hate me for doing this one before you oh god the shootout winner the helmet chin strap yeah. pop off oh yeah that was phenomenal. That, that was that like really was pure unbridled swagger. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that uh, I think a lot of people reference to in terms of uh, you know what if you see highlight reels, you're gonna see that. Yes, absolutely. And the the GIF or GIF, I I still don't know how to pronounce it, but anyways, 
that is it's all GIF. over. Come on, it's GIF. Okay, the GIF of him doing that is all over Twitter. Um, it's it's ob- arguably his most iconic moment because it's like something you remember right off the top of your head. Um, but yeah, that was like you said, swagger, just unbelievable stuff. Um, I am gonna talk about game three national since since you got the the helmet the chin yeah. strap i'm talking about the jets 7-4 win everyone remembers it game three against nashville blake wheeler arguably like put the team on his back in this game the pass to jacob truba you know like the most one of the most famous goals since the jets have come back um the that tied it up right after bufflin scored to make it 3-2 Wheeler looks off the defense, passes it to Truba, backdoor, scores, tie game. Then the Jets find themselves in a 4-4 game after Dustin Bufflin scores again. And Blake Wheeler scores in the power play with, I think it was, it was late in the third period to put them up 5-4. And then he scores on the empty net to make it 6-4. And then I think Brandon Tanev got the the second empty netter to make it 7-4. But that game... And that playoff run was just him at the peak of his powers, absolutely dominant, you know, like top 10 winger in the NHL. Um, If you go back and look at his analytics at the time, it was unbelievable. He was driving offense at a level that we just simply haven't seen from the Jets 2.0 since. Um, And that game three against Nashville just perfectly, he scored that power play goal that ended up being the game winner from the right circle where he did we know how much damage he did from the right circle with line a with shifley um with all those options there bufflin at the point i mean he was the quarterback of the power play and yeah he uh, to go back to game three nashville they score that late goal in the power play but he was just an even strength monster in that game too the pass to truba that ties it up then he gives them the game winner then he's on the ice defending a lead late in the game and shoots a puck three quarters lengths of the ice to seal it with an empty netter i mean yeah. that that w- that's arguably like one of his best games as a jet in a huge spot right in a playoff game against nashville we all know how that series played out um, yeah and the jets well, likely don't win that series they they definitely don't win that series without blake wheeler and and his performance in that game percent. i think i've like maxed out my airtime talking about game three Nashville, but it has to be said because that was yeah. like Blake Wheeler's game. Like that was the Blake Wheeler game. And yeah. he was just dominant peak of his powers. That's, that's all it was. I'm sticking with the playoffs, but I'm taking it back to our first look at the jets in the playoffs since they returned mm. in 2015. I don't want to um, re- like revisit that actually. <laughs> I mean, there's moments. There are moments, but so, as a whole, it was. Mm. Let's uh, let's set the scene. Uh, it's uh, you know the Jets are tied with the Ducks two two in I think it was the second period. They're down two nothing in the series, and Blake Wheeler scores his first home playoff goal in Winnipeg, and celebrates accordingly. He comes in yeah. flying in off the left side. And buries a rebound uh, and comes around, you know, full on play to the crowd on one leg, hands in the air. Uh, And it was just I was there. It was electric. Um, 
it's one of the loudest I've ever heard it. Like it was about as loud as the first goal by the Lee Stepniak, Stepniak, who I will fight to the death to defend that man. He was a Swiss army knife, like no other. Oh yeah. Um, But no, like that, that goal was, it absolutely blew the roof off that place. Obviously they ended up losing that game. So it wasn't, you know, a game winner or anything, but in terms of the situation at the time, it put us up in, in the second or third. I don't know what it, what it was, but uh, if it I'm was not mistaken, absolutely. Was that the Adam Ernie overtime winner for Anaheim? Was that five, four, or was that? Cause was Adam it, Ernie. Uh, and I think that, no, I think, no, I, I don't think Ernie was there at that point. Oh no. Okay. No, because there, I, there, I mean, there was, uh, or there was Emerson Edom absolutely destroyed us. Mm, that's who I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, not Adam. Ernie. I have no I idea where he is enough. now. Um, who, but who no, knows? I think that may have been a Jakob Silverberg winner in the mm, uh, the okay. that because that was an overtime loss the the game three. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which sucked. Um, but yeah. no, the goal itself though, elite moment. Oh yeah. So Blake Wheeler in game threes and end of episode. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Just game threes in general. Um I also like I, I guess we're we're on the playoffs. I mean, that's when his biggest moments came. Um, but game five this year against Vegas, he scored a goal in that game. Um and you could just tell that the team was like defeated. Like Morrissey was out, Shifley was out. The injuries had caught up to them. Vegas, obviously, they went on to win the cup. Um, but you could just tell that he was laying it all out on the ice. And he knew. He definitely knew that it was his last game, last home game as a Jet. Um, or he was at least working under that assumption. And yeah. he, that was vintage Wheeler. In yeah, He left it all out on the ice. He looked incredible. He had some flashes of speed down the wing that we talked about um, before we hopped on here that, he just has this trademark fly down the wing um, thing that he would do in his prime. And you didn't really see that later in his career, but game five against Vegas, he was just all over the ice making plays. And at what, I guess he was 36 or 37 at the time. Um, yeah. That's just, it's incredible. I mean, it was, it was a great game from him. He had a good playoff series against Vegas. I'd say, I mean, his line kind of got shelled um, without Nikolai Ehlers, but, I mean, he you could tell he was trying and the effort was there. And that's all you can ask for sometimes. Um, and that game five, I was there in person. Um, his final game as was a it Jet. five or four? Five or four. Was yeah, it five? Yeah, Did I say, five in... yeah, five was five was the loss, like the loss. Yeah, four. Sorry. The yeah. last home game as a Jet. Um, that's what that's what I meant. But yes, game four, they lost. Blake Wheeler played great. That's my that's my point. And he he left it all on the ice. He tried his hardest. He was clearly the hardest working jet. Um, and he he was working under the assumption it was his last home game. So he yeah. left it all out there. Um, I feel like kind of piggybacking off that, like it's less so of a moment and more so of something we saw a few times is uh body on the line constantly for the team. Um yeah. he uh may have lost something this year. Uh, so it's a good thing oh, he had his kids already, but <laughs> he finished the game. That's one of his best career moments right there. Like that. I remember there was one, two, it's where I no idea how he returned. It was in Dallas. I don't know when it yeah. was, but he went into the open door 
on the bench. Mm-hmm. And I thought he, I thought that was it. I thought his career was over with uh, how he hit because it hit him dead center in the sternum. Yeah. Um, and then he was back out there like three shifts later, and I have no idea how he did it. I feel it, like yeah. there's a fine line between like uh, you shouldn't play injured because it's a detriment to the team, and uh, oh my god, that is unbelievable that he's even out here and he's still performing. And I feel yeah. like he rode the line occasionally, but there was a lot of moments yeah. where you found out after the fact that he's like, Oh yeah, by the way, uh, he had this. I'm like, Oh, that, I don't know how wow. he played. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like Matthew Kachuk. Every story I hear about that now, I'm going to relate it to how Matthew, Matthew Kachuk played with, what was it? A broken sternum. Yeah. In the, in game four of the finals or game five, that's ridiculous. But yeah, the Blake Wheeler, yeah. he had a lot of moments like that. You block a shot. You wouldn't see him for 10 minutes and then he'd come back miraculously late in the third yeah. period. Um, when he was the captain, he, he did stuff like that. And yeah, he was a leader. He had that dog in him. Um, yeah, I mean, there are tons of moments like that. Um, there are tons of moments of him showing like incredible skill. You know, we talked about the flying down the wing thing. I vividly remember there was a game, I think it was Hockey Night in Canada against Pittsburgh. where the jets just ran them sorry excuse me the jets ran them out of the building just straight up dominated them and blake wheeler had a highlight real goal at the end of the first where he went around basically the entire team um and then went on the hat trick completed the hat trick uh i think it put them up five nothing if i'm not mistaken and at, at the end of the first um yeah and i i don't remember who the goalie was at the time for pittsburgh they probably had pulled their starter at that point too but that was. I feel, just like, I feel like that was all goal. on Matt Murray. All of them. All. I five? think it may have been. I'll have to rewatch the highlights on that. But that is that is an incredible feat. If Matt Murray led him five goals in a period, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. But I mean, let's, let's yeah. come on now. That's not I unrealistic. Be shocked. <laughs> no, because that was near the end um, of his t- uh, tenure in Pittsburgh too. So right. No, but that game, especially where the Jets just dominated the penguins who were good at the time obviously the penguins have been good for the last 12 years 13 years um even longer than that but they just ran them out of the building blake wheeler had a hat trick in a period and he danced around the entire team and went upstairs and celebrated (laughs) like we said with the anaheim goals celebrated accordingly he has some great celebrations over uh over his time but yeah yeah i mean i don't really know six years ago oh god I'm trying to oh, fi- I'm God. trying to figure I'm curious now who that goalie was. Are you um, trying to find out? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, that was six years ago. Uh, but that shows like he's he's been around for a long while. Yeah. Like, so six years ago, I mean, he had those back to back 91 point seasons in 2017, 18 and 2018, 19, where he didn't even surpass 30 goals, but he yeah. still had 90 points like he would just rack well, up assists on the power play. Between like 2014 and 2017, he was one of the best players in the whole league and very oh, yeah. rarely actually heard anything for it. And then by the time he started getting the recognition, that part of his career had passed and hit, things had, you know, started to change. Um, but he was one of the best players in the whole league for like a five year span there and just kind of flew under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. And Shifley got all the praise in that that uh playoff run there where he scored a bunch of goals yeah 
Um, I'll edit that. I've, I've figured um, it out. Go ahead. So it first of all, it was on. Where is it here? We found the Pittsburgh Penguins goalie. Yeah. Uh, so is it Matt Murray? It was Matt Murray for the first four goals the Jets scored. Mm, they replaced okay. him with Casey DeSmith, and then uh, eleven seconds after DeSmith came in, Wheeler completed his hat trick. Right. It was right after DeSmith came in. October twenty yeah, okay. ninth, two thousand seventeen. Mm. So that's peak Blake Wheeler scoring yeah. his the, his hat trick goal against the Penguins, who were obviously a dynasty still in twenty seventeen. They're just coming off their cup win. Didn't they win in 2016, the Penguins? Or 2017? Didn't they win it that they year? They won the cup that year. Wait, no. That year, yeah. Oh, no, it was it 2015-16, 2016-17, I think? Yes, them? and then 2017-18 was Washington. Finally got over the hump. Yeah, which I'm yeah. I'm still, and I will I will die on this hill. If Marc-Andre Fleury is even slightly closer to average, the Jets win the cup that year. Yeah. I truly oh. don't think Washington was that. I agree you know, that level of good that the Jets had hit in that playoff run. They were so good. And Blake Wheeler was obviously a big part of that. He was the best forward on the team, the best play driver, right? So, yeah. Just unbelievable depth on that 2017-18 team. Like, wasn't the fourth line or the third line was, no, the fourth line was 10 of Lowry Cop, right? Yeah, that was. Like, that's. Those guys are all middle sixers now. A cop's a top six forward on Detroit. He's being paid like it at least. Tanev is well, he's being paid like it. I, I wouldn't. I, fan, Tanev is a fan favorite out in Seattle. Tanev is a fan favorite. He still plays the same style. Um, and then Lowry, obviously, he had a good year last year. But that being your fourth line is ridiculous. That team was just unbelievably stacked. And I always think back to the power play. And Wheeler was obviously the quarterback of the power play, but. You had Wheeler, I believe, Stastny below the goal line when they acquired him. Then you yeah. had Shifley in the middle, Liney on the left circle, Bufflin at the point. I mean, when Wheeler has a puck on the right circle there, he just has so many options. You either get the one-timer from Bufflin from the point. You obviously get the one-timer from Line, who still does that regularly. Um, or you get the little bumper pass to Shifley, which is how he scored like half of his goals in that mir- yeah. m- miraculous playoff run. So. Okay, here's that lineup, all right? Oh, no. Here we go. Connor Shifley-Wheeler. Oh, right. When they were good. Ehlers, yep. Stastny, Line. Yep. Perot, Little, Armia. Oh, such a good third line. Tanev, Lowry, Cobb. And then... My goodness. Morrissey, Truba. Yeah. Anstrom, Bufflin. Sherrod, Myers. Sherrod, Myers, yeah. Absolutely loaded. Hell of a And then in the in the press box, uh Sean Mathias, Marco Dano, Tucker Pullman, Joe Morrow, Jack Roslovic, Matt Hendricks. So they played their optimized lineup, which yeah. For, yeah. It's been a while since we've I feel like we've done that, but you know. Yeah. I mean Jack Roslovic did see some games there. I don't know if it was that season or the next season after that, but um that defense core too is just absolutely stacked. You you shelter Sherrod and Myers, who went on to get big contracts and failed in bigger roles. I'll say, yeah. um, but in a sheltered role, they absolutely killed it. Two big physical guys. I mean, Myers doesn't hit as much, but he's big. He uses reach. Um, and then obviously, we're big fans of Toby Enstrom. I know that oh, yeah. for a fact. I mean, Best some people net aren't front defender 
in the 2017 season by a easily mild. And people would say uh, Bufflin because he's big, but no, it's like no, Enstrom was just Enstrom. he was the smartest player on the ice always and knew exactly where to you know put himself. Yeah, love how he always choked up on his stick when his that pass would be in stick. his feet. Yeah, that long. And stick, Dennis yeah. Bayak always had to make sure everyone knew he's got a long stick. Yeah, yeah, every single time. Shout I mean, speaking of speaking of Dennis Bayak, yeah, shout out Dennis Bayak. There are some goals um, when you're watching Blake Wheeler's career highlights where his calls are just incredible. Blake Wheeler scoring an OT winner. Um, did we already talk about the Avalanche one? No, we did talked we bring about that, that pre-recording. We talked about that pre-recording. So I'll let you handle it. But Bayak's call on that is amazing but go ahead on that yeah so this is this is pre uh three on three overtime and i can't remember when that came in um so we're we're running four on four uh i think this is also when the abs are a real struggling team they have nathan mckinnon but they're still bad yes that that was that year it was like 2014 or 2015 i think yeah and uh Wheeler's coming in off the rush, kind of stops up, and then proceeds to shot fake every single member of the Avalanche on the ice, including the yeah. goalie, uh, yeah. waiting everyone out until he gets to the far right circle and then just wires it past whoever their goalie is at that point. Yeah. And like, Bayek's call, he says the word waits like three or four times and then fires, scores, and it's just, it's a great call. And then so the, good. the pop of the crowd, like the crowd pop, I mean... The crowds back then were elite, um, and they've kind of tailed off a bit. But there are some. We got to get back obviously. to the the chanting and the super yeah. hostile environment because it's just not there anymore. We talked about that in the Gold Eyes press box. Um, yeah, I think that was yesterday. But yeah, yeah, we the the Canada Life Center has kind of tailed off in terms of regular season atmosphere and like toughness to play. It's still there for sure. Um, mm. the, in the playoffs, I mean, the playoffs is still an absolute zoo no one's complaining about that but in the regular season it's you got to get back like you said to the the who's your captain chance the, the silver medal know, exactly like the the chants that are you know specific to a certain player or a certain team yeah um, yeah who's your or captain like when, i mean we w- could chant when that crosby and ovechkin now. were here we would just alternate between ovi's better or crosby's better yeah to... <laughs> yeah and everyone would do it. It wouldn't be like the one yeah. section or like a bunch of drunk dudes up in the 300s. It was the entire arena. I feel yeah. like the intensity of going to a game there is gone. And I mean, maybe that's just part of it's. There's a lot of exhaustion about how there was never a point since 2017 where we felt truly competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like you can really, you know, that 2017-18 season to me feels like the last time the crowd was truly fully alive. Yeah, I mean, I will say this year when they were like first in the West and good teams would come in and they would sell out, it would be a really good crowd. Like it, it, it like the, the things had to line up, like things had yeah. to go right. But there were some really good crowds. It would be like they're first in the West. Colorado was coming in on a Saturday night um, and they would sell out and it would be a great crowd and the Jets would win big and it would be it would be fantastic. Right. But yeah, those. Thursday night games against small market teams, um, especially when you got into like March and they yeah. were tailing off big time and the patience of the crowd, like there were so many boos. Um, it was, it got ugly down the stretch, but at the start of the season when they were competing and they were up there, 
when things went right, I know there's a lot of caveats to it, but there it, it was yeah. there here and there. But back in the day, the Jets weren't even good, and it, they would sell out. The chance would be going crazy. Well, the crowd would be. I'm not asking for much either. Like I'm just asking for a little more life. Like the crowds can be big. That's the thing. Like they were big in that first half. You said the first half. It just didn't feel like they were as alive as they used to be. Yeah. Like it's no, there's fair. something to say about, uh, you know, when a big crowd's there. Obviously, it's good. If they're vocal. It does something. Yeah. Like yeah. like even like the chanting of, like the opposing goalie's name. Yeah. Doesn't really happen anymore. And there's a lot of goalies no. with two syllable names. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a fair bit. Um, no, but if you go back, I, speaking of you know, watching Blake Wheeler highlights, which I've brought up a few times here, if you search it up and it throws it back to those first couple seasons, 2012, 2013, 2014, the crowds are just unbelievable. If you go back, I do this sometimes. If you go back and just pick a random game, if you go Winnipeg Jets. 2011 2012 season look at home games go find like a 3-2 win or like a 4-2 win somewhere in the schedule and just go watch the highlights from that game it's unbelievable every like half decent chance that's going towards the net the crowd is like fully expecting it to hit like go in and they're like super loud every time they score it's like what a playoff goal sounds like like those first couple years were ridiculous now that's obviously unsustainable to stay on that like trajectory um of experience i guess you could call it but yeah. yeah no i agree it's it's tailed off a bit in recent years you know the factors for that the jets have been you know middling they kind of struggled the back half of the year there are things that contribute to that but i don't think we'll ever see that in a regular season format again yeah um, but the playoffs obviously still a zoo whiteout parties are still full the, the fan passion is still there it's just regular season has tailed off quite a bit yeah, I'll agree there. Today's episode of the Level Flight Podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Just bet $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or HOPE-NY via text. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races, in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10 plus legal requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about a vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Noah Khan on repeat, or I just want to retreat inside my own head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you just need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or stay calm with some guided meditation. 
I'll listen to, you know, something that works best on the dock, or maybe I'm going for a run at the lake. I don't know. I have something that I can listen to for whatever mood. And that's why I use my Raycons. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation and awareness mode. Raycons have a 32 hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime. So you can listen to what you want, when you want for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Level Flight podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com THPN. That's buyraycon.com THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com THPN. Unless there's anything else, like we're we're talking about fan experience now. I mean, unless yeah, you have anything else related to Blake Wheeler, I think we can uh, get out of here. Yeah, I mean, what I'll just say is he was a very polarizing player, especially later on in his career. And, you know, there's a lot that is obviously speculated about in terms of, you know, what happens behind closed doors, and that's not what we're here to do. Um, right. But what we can't deny is the fact that throughout his many years here in this organization he provided uh fans with a ton of memorable moments and uh was the captain for many years so it's uh as much as it see it's the right decision to move on at this point uh i think that you know there's a lot of moments to look back on fondly which i'm sure we forgot some uh so let us know if there's certain ones that you know you would have had in your little short list there but uh no i i think that we did a few there that were a lot of you know jets fans think of fondly yeah i wanted to start with that but i forgot like we're we 100 forgot something i wanted to say at the start oh, yeah. like we're going to we 100 did um it's just a matter of how badly we missed something like is did yeah. we miss like a huge goal in a big spot i'm trying to think like game seven nashville did he have a goal i mean the jets I, like i don't know i don't know yeah, but anyways, his impact, I also want to mention his impact off the ice. A lot of people, like you said, we can't speculate what happens in the locker room, whatever. Um, but off the ice with fans, he made memorable impacts like that weren't related to hockey. Um, and that lasts with a fan base forever. I talked about it last week on the Dev Camp episode, um, talking about how Rucker McGroarty and all these players are making these impacts on these fans that will last forever. And Blake Wheeler did that his entire career as well. Um, yeah. And that, that means something to a fan base, right? Um, will, I want to, I want to end off with this, with this question. Will 26 be the first Jersey number retired since the Jets came back? I Jets would think out. so. Um, I, I would think then, so too. And I actually, maybe it's just because of how it ended. It didn't happen this way, but I thought that we may see a retirement of 33, just given his Mm. about impact on, you know, the success of the organization. Yeah. Uh, But I I think it's a different situation here with Wheeler that um, I I do think that once Wheeler hangs it up, because I I think, I don't think any, it'll be one of those, no one gets 26, but it's not officially retired, retired yet. Mm. Because it feels weird to me retiring a number when a guy's still playing in the league. Right, uh, but it'll happen after. Yeah, whenever he'll he sign a one-day contract. Hang, or, yeah, or I, I think he retires. Remember the Jets for sure. 
Yeah. Um, uh, that's the thing. Like it's some we're gonna. I I honestly wouldn't be shocked if we also had Lad sign a one day contract, Little yeah. sign a one day contract, reunite the the line from, you know, back <sighs> way in the back. Day. Oh yeah. But no, I, I I think if there is going to be a number retired, it's going to be that one. Yeah, he was the captain for so long. I mean, it makes sense. Like we said, he was a top ten, like arguably player in the league when he was at the peak of his powers. So. It's kind of a no-brainer, in my opinion, um, and I think I think it'll get done. This might yeah. be his last year. I don't know if he'll play one more. I think I have a theory that he's chasing a thousand points. I brought it up earlier that he's at nine twenty-two. Yeah. Now, theoretically, he would need two years to complete that, um, but I don't know. He signed a one-year deal with New York. I mean, if he has, if he has eighty more points anything, in him. Yeah, I mean. If he plays on a line with like Artemi Panarin or something and just lights it up, I don't know. Top power play, just get him all the points. Not wanting, they want him yeah. in that sheltered third line, second power play role. But yes. um, I I think that yeah, two more years I think does it because I could. I mean, he's he's a forty point player per year, easily. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Alrighty, I think uh, I think we covered good. that well. All the best to Blake Wheeler and his time with the New York Rangers. Um, and I'm looking forward to the day that his number's retired because that's I think that's coming soon for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Blake Wheeler's best moments with the Jets. There was a lot of them. We talked for a good 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, it had to be done because, you know, he's just yeah. one of the most legendary players uh, in the team's history. So yeah, unless you have anything else, I'm good to get out of here. We're good. All righty. Thanks for listening. See ya. See ya. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.